Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? My name is Aaron Warner. This is a yeah, this is a regular episode with me, as always. Now that he's back from vacation, Stefan Heck. Stefan, how the heck are you? Wow, I'm I'm doing quite well. I'm happy to be back. I'm I think my my jet lag is done. Nice. As Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I woke up at four thirty in the morning, uh, and just couldn't get back to sleep. And so I was just like exhausted throughout the day, taking naps and stuff. But I think I'm because it's like 15 hours ahead over there in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm completely readjusted now. I'm feeling good. Been playing a lot of Zelda. Uh, I think I'm somewhat over the draft lottery stuff. Maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but it's tough. I, I I just get mad when I think about it. There's also I also lost my fantasy hockey league draft lottery too. So that's that's uh, crazy that you got fourth. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, I mean that was, and this this is the thing. This that that is the point of tanking, mm-hmm. is to minimize how far you can possibly fall. So I I knew going in fourth overall was technically the most realistic like single pick like the mm-hmm. odds for it. It was like forty percent odds for fourth overall. Right. Um. But, you know, I'm, I went like one in 21 the entire year. And, and there's teams that are like better than me that are all picking ahead of me. So that does Ugh, suck. That sucks. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, you're still going to get a good player, right? I'll get I'll get either Mitch Cobb or Leo Carlson, it looks like. Or I guess maybe yeah. Will Smith. Because everyone's mocking him third overall to Columbus, which seems, I mean, he seems really good. But that seems like another Kent Johnson pick. I don't know. Anyway, we can get into the draft. Yeah. Stuff, but. Well, I mean, it's it's it, like the point that you make, right? Like that was coming up. People arguing about. See, Tanky doesn't work. I, I like, can't believe gonna, that. But like, like multiple posts about how like, oh, like tell tell like Columbus or Anaheim the tanking works. It's like, it yeah, does. I'm sure they're they're like still thrilled to get Adam Fantelli. And I'm sure they're thrilled to be picking fucking 34th in the second round when there's still yeah. going to be good players down there. Yeah. Um, get Oliver Bonk in the second round. I mean, yeah. also, it's just like poor Blue Jackets having their pick of like Mitchkoff Carlson and, uh, <laughs> and Smith. Yeah. And Smith. I, like, I just damn, think there's sucks. like. The fact that this argument still needs to be made, I think what it is is that there are just people who are willfully just they're just never going to get it, right? Yeah. Regardless of like if you paint it out to them and explain to them like look, if your team is bad, it is in your best interest for them to be as bad as possible. And again, no one is saying you want the players to tank. That's not how it yeah. works. But you have to I can't believe I'm fucking I mean, obviously anyone listening to this understands this. So I'm making this argument so that you can have this argument if you're like at a bar or something. And there could be like haters out there. I guess that's true. That we probably do have some, but I I just think like this far into it to think like oh yeah um I think like picking 11th every year and just kind of like doing like the Minnesota Wild Calgary Flame strategy like I think this time it's finally going to pay off for a team. You know what I mean? Like it just that's not how it works. That's not how the NHL works. You have to either be the best team in the league or one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, and or you the, have to like just draft exceptionally fucking yeah, well. Yeah, like Dallas, for instance. Yeah, right? Dallas, that's like the big proof of concept. 
St. Louis when they won. Um, but then in that case, get as many picks as possible, right? So 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 even if that is the argument, like, well, they just need to draft well. I I agree. Obviously, that's super important. And again, I can't believe I'm saying this shit over and over again. But like, if that is your strategy, if your strategy is going to be to try and make the playoffs every year and pick like 12th to 16th when you miss the playoffs, whatever, fine, fuck. I don't at this point, I just don't give a shit. But like, just get as many picks as possible, because right now, guess what? The Canucks don't have a second round pick this year and they don't have one next year. Yeah. And that is unforgivable. You, you know, honest. what's you know, it's kind of a bummer, too, is like after I've been looking at a lot of mock drafts and stuff, thinking about it. And on Corey Pronman's athletic mock draft, at I like the, I like that I, one for the Canucks. Oh, I don't like that one. Oh I wait, like was Wheeler that was one. that the was that the Danielson one? Yeah, yeah, mm. the Danielson oh, one. I don't hate uh, that one. I mean, I mean, I'll I'll take it. But like the Red Wings with that pick, he has mocked up them taking Dmitry Shimashev from Russia. He's like the big puck moving Russian defenseman yeah. that probably would be drafted higher if he wasn't Russian. Yeah. Um. Which that'd be really nice. I like Shimashev. That's not I, even like a player that the Canucks might reach for at eleven. I, I, I don't, there's going to be so much talent available at eleven that I like. I hope they just do best pick available. And that's the thing with Nate Danielson, right? Is he's, he's like, a center. He's so. a center. He's a natural center. He's bigger. He's not he's like got an exciting tools, player, but, but he yeah. hasn't produced a lot at yeah at the junior level, which is like. Huge red flag. And like, I'm sure like, I mean, he was over a point per game in his draft minus two season. Yeah, I think. And I I heard one argument is that he hasn't been playing on the best teams. And so his production has like sucked because of that. Yeah. Draft minus two had 57 points in 53 games. And last season he had 78 points in 68 games. So he's like, okay. he's producing, but it's not like, and if he's not a bad team, socks like, off. bad teams in junior are bad teams, right? Yeah. Like, like that can really hurt you. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I've seen people on HF boards post this. Like I, I totally agree with like the whole best player available strategy, but the problem is a lot of times the best player available is like a small winger or something, right? Which like, mm-hmm. well, if Zach, if Zach Benson falls to the Canucks, just take Zach Benson. That's that yeah. Seems like if, a no brainer to me. That's the big thing. I think that's one that we're gonna rue for a while. Yeah. If the Canucks do pass on him, if he slips that low, because he seems, like he just, just seems so, so much he's so fun talent. to watch as well. Yeah. I mean, I but and I get the under, I get the idea of like, oh, don't we don't need any wingers right now? But this is you know two three years down the road, so who knows what happens? Things can change. I do sort of agree to an extent, like best player available. But if it like if it's close and there's a center or a, or a D man, take the center or D man. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying like the Oli Ulevi thing because that was not close and that shouldn't have been close and it should have been Kachuk. That's an example where, and this is another example where I think if if Zach Benson falls, take Zach Benson, right? But if it's like, I, I don't know, like Gabe Perot, who I who I like, or uh, I'm trying to look at other wingers here. Like I guess Braden Braden Yeager is like a center slash winger I think but like yeah it is like it depends who you ask Colby he's Barlow, like five eleven yeah if it's Colby Barlow versus like uh, Nate Danielson I guess you go Danielson because he's a center I don't know it's it's gonna be really interesting because I'm looking at the EP ringside mock draft and they have Reinbacker falling to the Canucks which would be uh, no shot incredible I just can't see that happening I I feel like. I believe it's Arizona been, might take him. Philly might take him. Washington might take him. It's been 40 years since there wasn't a defenseman drafted in the top 10. Yeah. And yeah, you bring up, 
I think either Montreal, Arizona, or Philly. He's going to go in one of those picks. Yeah, I'd be shocked if if he didn't maybe go even with St. One of them. Louis if he drops that low. I mean, the EP ringside mock draft has Ryan Leonard going to Montreal fifth overall, which huh. I, I think like they really like Ryan Leonard. Um, EP ringside, I mean, um, yeah. And he does look really good. I mean, I, I think the Canucks are going to get a good player at 11, but I, I've said this before. I, I really do think there's like a 95% chance they're going to trade the pick. Nah, they can't, man. It pisses me off so much, that thought. Because, like, there's there's going to be so many good players available. Oh, yeah. And that's I, the thing with this draft is, like, the top four or five picks would be consensus number one overalls, like, last year, right? Like, oh, Will no Smith debate for sure. about Mitch it. Kov. Easy. And yeah. so then that just pushes the rest of the talent down, right? So your yeah. usual two, three picks are going seven, eight, nine, and then those like picks are dropping down, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to get someone really good, and the Canucks need someone really good. You know who I really want uh, mm. to follow the Canucks is Oliver Moore. Yeah. He's so fast. He's such a good skater. And a and center. Just, like, and he's a center. I really oh, like no, that. No, no, he's a right wing. He, no, I think he does play center. I think maybe it's like switching, but this, this yeah. mock from the athletic that I'm looking at right oh, okay. now. Okay, uh, EP ringside has, has him right as wing. a center, but it's it's hard to. He's not huge either. He's 5'11", 176. Um, they have him going to Detroit. They have Matthew Wood going ten to St. Louis. Matthew Wood is a player where oh no, I, I was looking at Matthew Wood. Sorry, Oliver Moore is a center. Okay, yeah, Matthew yeah. Wood. I would not mind them taking a swing on. I know. I think he's like a winger slash center, but mostly a winger. Yeah, but last year he played wing, and the year before that he was a center. So, I, like, and, and I know people talk about his skating, but when he's putting up almost a point per game in his first year in college, in his draft year, like eligible draft year, like that seems yeah. crazy. And youngest he's big, player in college like, hockey putting up over a point per game. He's huge. Uh, people compare him to Tage Thompson a lot yeah. and like right from your backyard and homies with Connor Bedard. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think they should start like, yeah, to keep drafting Russian players and just draft everyone who is Connor Bedard's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> just make them. <laughs> so, yeah. Come Benson, home. uh, Wood, please. And that's the thing that really bummed me out about Pronman's mock draft is they had him taking, um, Nate Danielson at 11 and then having Matt Wood and Zach Benson going like yeah, consecutive which picks after, seems which crazy. Would be a but disaster scenario I, for me. I do think, because I, I feel like Scott Wheeler's mock draft had Benson falling a little bit as well, but or maybe he had him going like eight or something. Um, yeah, but I think that's what happened. Benson definitely is. Like, if you look at the draft historically, he is the type of player who falls, right? Yeah. Like, he's a small, quick winger. Like, I, I, I think you're looking at a player like that and being like, okay, th- hopefully he's like the next Braden Point, right? But mm-hmm. teams still don't want to take small wingers super high, right? And like, that's like Mitchkov obviously is insane and there's like other extenuating circumstances, but he's also like a smallish winger as well. Yeah. I think, right. So yeah. I, I which know. would also like, I think help him fall if he is going to fall, but there's also no shot. He gets past Washington, which could be a big like bummer from the Canucks winning out those last couple of games to finish the year. Right. Like they could be in the Mitchkov position and, and now they won't, which is like yeah. one of those uh, unspoken costs. It was just like Where how is- the Canucks could have had Kent Johnson. Right. And then they yeah. popped the, the- off. The crazy pick on um, I've got the prom and mock draft up is and this guy seems to be like you know how Rhinebacker was sort of like the riser like two months ago and now yeah. it's like he's consensus top ten. Uh Tom Willander is the yeah, guy uh, who everyone's talking about like on Twitter as well. Um well, I don't know if he's a right hand people really seem to he like is right, him a lot. he is right handed D and he's apparently yeah. one of the best skaters in the draft. Yeah. And he's taller. So like yeah. I could if the Canucks reach for him there, it's it's not as sexy and I'm sure they're gonna be leaving more talent on the board, but that's something I could probably get behind. Yeah. Um, there's talk about like 
Axel Sendin Pelika, right? He was the defenseman from uh, Sweden. He's like another puck mover. He's um, like five, five eleven ish. Yeah. yeah, I and, that I don't I don't know. Just you saw? Did you read the athletic article where they were interviewing scouts about who the Canucks might pick? Uh, yes. And they, but and they compared Pelika to like, oh, he's kind of like Nils Lundqvist or like Eric Brandstrom, and it's like, yeah, ah, I, I don't know about that. I I don't know if I want. And also he's like, yeah, he's a right hand D, but he's like a small, soft, like offensive defenseman. Right. And like, mm-hmm. well, obviously it's like the Canucks need everything, but it's he, like, they don't really need that. Here's, right um, here's, here's something to make you feel better about that is Pronman was on the athletic, mm-hmm. like Canucks bandcast, And he was saying like from scouts, he's talked to, um, you draft Sandy and Pelica because you want him to run your first unit power play. And it's wow. like, well, guess what? In Vancouver, he's not going to be doing that. Yeah, that's so Quinn that, Hughes. So, like, it doesn't even really fill okay. that organizational need. And also, look at the playoffs. Like, how many teams have two small defenders in their top four? So, I think if the Canucks are going to be reaching for a defenseman at eleven, assuming that Reinbacher's gone, it's going to be either Shimashev, which I would like. You that. can probably draft down, or you can probably trade down for. But yeah. like he seems the trade trade quite trading good. down like never happens in hockey though. Yeah, like, it's so rare. Like it's not or, like the NFL where it happens in every draft. Like, yeah, because it's less about like position, right? Yeah, like NFL, um, you're drafting for position. Here, it's like I feel I, I would love to see it. Like if they're able to trade down for like you know still like a top like twenty pick and get like a third round pick as well. Like that's fine, you know. But I I don't know. I'm I, I'm excited for the draft. When is it? It's in it's in July. It's Ju- June end 28th, of June. I think. Okay, June 28th. So we're like a month and a half out, uh, give or take. I Yeah, I just... I wish they had more picks because this is a really fun yeah. draft, you know? Um, I, I think if there's like a trade-up scenario, it'll be them trading like a couple of third-round picks that they have this year for a second because there's someone that they really like. Sure. Something yeah. like that. Um. I like highly doubt you'll see that in with any of the first round picks. Yeah. And yeah, maybe like, you know, Calgary has someone they love at 11 and Vancouver trades down to 16 and then picks up a second rounder or another yeah. third rounder or something like that. Like maybe we could see something like that, but it's, there's so many players in that who knows. Cause there's so many talent, like in Wheeler's mock draft, he has Dvorsky dropping down to 11 who, which would be, very cool with like how he played at the U18s and yeah center Dvorsky at 11 would be I, I it's weird because I hear people calling him like a safe pick as well but he seemed like pretty exciting at the at the under 18s mm-hmm. but I don't know I mean I'm I'm not against taking someone like Dvorsky you know if he's there like it's I, I don't know this is so after like the top four or five I guess well it's it's even really wide open within there because you don't know where Mishkov's gonna go right like some yeah. people are mocking him to like Washington right which makes a lot of sense, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's another issue. That's another thing where it's like, yeah, obviously the Canucks sort of fucked up at the end of the year and didn't lose the games they should have lost and could have been picking seventh or eighth. Um, they wouldn't have gotten Bedard given how things went uh, in, in the lottery. Obviously, who knows? Butterfly effect, all that shit. Yeah. But we, we can't say that they would have gotten that pick. But if they're seventh or eighth, there's a chance it's someone like Mitchkov, which is fucking huge for the Canucks yeah, too, right? Yeah, that's like the big bummer thing, right? Yeah. Like, in but then all also with with Mitchkov, I totally I get why he's falling. In that these GMs, 
they're all on a short leash, right? And if you're mm-hmm. picking a guy, this is your first pick in the draft, and you're like, oh yeah, we're not going to see him for three years guaranteed, mm-hmm. if not if not longer. It might be tough to get him over here, right? Like that's hard. That's a hard sell to owners and like a certain chunk of the the fan base for every team, really, right? Mm-hmm. So although I feel like Montreal fans are like, if Mitchkov falls past us, we're going to be fucking pissed. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, good reason as well, right? For sure. I, I can't see him falling. Like, I can't see him falling to eighth. That seems so insane. But yeah, the NHL, I guess like crazier things have happened. He's he I, just I, well, like, it, it seems like to me, there are three teams that would be comfortable picking him given the like Russia thing. And that's yeah. Detroit, that's Washington, and that's mm-hmm. Vancouver. Yeah. So just the fact that you have, well, both Detroit and Washington ahead of you. There's there's no chance that he slips that low. I would that would be, be an interesting be like yeah. day of thing is if like they trade up the Canucks right? make a big swing and dick because they like Mitchkov so much. But I don't see that being realistic as cool as that would be. Yeah, you'd have to trade up with like, like Philly, Philly or Arizona. Arizona and Arizona yeah. traded. Oh, Arizona traded up last year, I think, to get Connor Geeky. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean. That would be, I mean, that would be very cool, but I just don't, it's like, well, what are they giving up to, to trade up to sixth or seventh? Let's say like, obviously mm-hmm. 11th you overall, have, you don't have any second seconds. rounder for a while <laughs> and you're not like what you trade your 2025 second rounder. Like that's not really going to move the needle. So I guess you throw in like a couple prospects or something, or like, but it's like maybe the pod Coles. I don't like, I don't know what it would be. Right. But uh, uh, maybe that's good. Pod Coles and end. Yeah, nah, it just probably not. I'm a Pod Colson stan. I guess you have like you do like a third and a fourth round pick because you have multiple picks in those rounds. If like the team is more interested in draft volume, but, yeah. I mean, the Canucks should be interested in draft volume as well. So, I mean, no one has Columbus taking Mitchkov. It seems like, but I they have Russian players, right? Like, yeah. I I wouldn't be shocked. And like Will Smith, like obviously he's he's really really good, but he strikes me, and I don't know a ton about all these prospects. I've been doing pretty like superficial research for the past yeah. year or so but like he strikes me as kind of like a kent johnson type player which is like obviously you want that but um it seems likely they take leo carlson or maybe mitchkov right um mm-hmm. i don't know i'm i'm in in my in my fantasy draft like th- well the thing was I, th- I don't know if i told you the way the lottery works we do like the four balls right like right, the nhl yeah. does and we see the odds change as each ball comes out because my buddy has like a website he made for it Oh, sick. And I literally had 0% odds after the third ball came out for Bedard. <laughs> so, uh, which is fucking insane. Because I went in with tied for the highest odds with two other guys. Ugh. And so to know immediately, like it was such a bummer. Um, but, I, you know, knowing that I'm going to get one of Carlson or, or Mitchkov is like, like I don't really have to make a decision at four, which is nice. Um, I feel like at three, you sort of have to make a decision. Two, not so much. Yeah, and, and four and five, it's just kind of like whoever's left, really, you know. So, although it obviously depends on how the picks go in the in the real draft too, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mitchkov going to, I don't know, like Mitchkov might get overdrafted in our league. I, I I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm very excited for the NHL draft this year. Um, yeah, because I think be the Canucks one. are going to do something. I think they're going to do something big. I, I think we should do another one of those like live podcast stream things for I agree. the draft. 100%. That was a lot of fun. Well. The first part of it was a lot of fun for the yeah. draft lottery. God. I guess we could do it for like up to the Canucks pick kind of thing, probably. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Maybe. Um, Maybe a little after be... we're having fun, but yeah, maybe we skip the first overall pick. You know, uh, yeah. I don't need to see that. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll we'll just jump in at second overall and, uh. Uh, and see what happens there. <laughs> um, speaking of draft picks, Canucks news: they signed Lacare Mackey to a three-year ELC. I did. Which see I that. found. I'm, I'm excited. I found that kind of interesting because he had a really bad year, obviously, until the playoffs where he was popping off, which is encouraging and like you want to see and he had mono right he had mono and he had concussion issues which are like two things where it's it's definitely going to affect your confidence and how you're playing and your gas tank and stuff yeah i'm just i'm surprised they went ahead and did the elc with lakaramaki now because he isn't going to play in north america next year right but that'll slide the contract year right won't it or I believe I, so. Yeah. Okay. But and he's probably going to be lent to a SHL team. There's a couple in the mix. Um, yeah, with uh, uh, Elias Pettersson, the yeah, defenseman. He might play People with EPD, and yeah. then like Hoaglander's old team is another yeah. one. So I guess the Canucks already have like a relationship there. Um, but it, I get, it does show that they're like high on him because yeah. if not, they could have just waited and yeah. then potentially received like uh, the 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 compensation second round pick like um, Minnesota got for Philip Johansson and uh, Oh yeah. I think there, I mean, there was no chance they weren't going to sign him, I think, but yeah, you um, don't don't think they would have gone for the pick. No, no fucking, I, I think they knew he had a rough year. Like he, he does still have, I think decent potential, obviously like he, that the playoffs, he looked really good and I don't know. It's not like, I think with someone like Johansson, it's like, I guess, I, I, he's that's the type of player that doesn't get signed is like those like low scoring defensemen kind of. I feel like yeah, you're you you would rather or like a sign lower him first and, round pick like Amon. Yeah, Amon. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So this is draft related as well because there's been a lot of talk about like the Canucks don't need wingers. Look how many wingers they have, which is true. You go up and down the lineup and you're like Besser, Miller, Garland, Bavillier, Kuzmenko, Pakolzin, Hoaglander. Although Garland Giuseppe. sounds like they're trading. Yeah, I, we'll get into <laughs> that like as well. And like throwing in like a pick as well. So. But it's like, uh. how many elite wingers do the Canucks have? Like big impact wingers. Kuzmenko, I, get, I would say. Is, Kuzmenko, I guess. But like, yeah. he hasn't really been like a line driver outside of playing with Pedersen. But yeah. I mean, you can't knock what he did last year. He was very effective. So yeah. that's one, sure. JT Miller, when he plays wing, very good. But... Yeah. With the current depth chart on the Canucks, he's playing center unless they acquire one or two guys over the summer, which seems unlikely with their cap situation. Yeah. So what is the rationale bes- behind not drafting an elite winger? Because they need those as well. I, I just yeah, that's the thing is whenever people say like, oh, they need, they need a center or defenseman. It's like, yeah, that's they just need everything. Like, I know I know they have like winger depth, but like you said, yeah, there's no. They just, they need help everywhere, right? Just get good players at this point, right? Yeah. I, I get going for a center. I get going for a defenseman. And I think they should lean there if there's like a 50-50 choice between a winger and a defenseman or a winger and a center. But just just pick a good player, which please. Just don't overthink like, it, you know? Globally to that point, and this is something I would love to be proven wrong on, mm-hmm. but I the more I think about it, the less I see them as a playoff team next year. And the more I just see a repeat of this year, but maybe without like the, the really bad start. lows, yeah, like it's just more mediocrity throughout. I think, yeah, you're right. I could see them having like a Calgary type year where they they just miss the playoffs, like which I guess is like that's technically I, I, I a step guess forward, that's like fifty fifty. But like, if they miss the playoffs it, next year, like, are they going to 
are they going to fire people? Like, I don't know how much patience do they have here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. basically, after the Hronik trade, like, they're saying, like, hey, we're making the playoffs next year. But you're right. Like, the Pacific Division is not a cakewalk, right? No. Look Edmonton at is really semifinals. good. <laughs> Vegas is really good. Seattle is really good. LA is really good. Calgary should bounce back. Yeah, um, especially with a new coach and the talent the that they have on their team. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's a big offseason, right? Like, you talk about trading the first pick and, like, yeah, maybe they buy out OEL trade the first pick in like a big swinging dick way to like get a number two center one a or sorry one b center blah 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 and then it uh, we're looking at a different story right or yeah acquire like another top four defenseman somehow but i don't think that's gonna happen it's the nhl right like how often do you see those types of like big cool moves like you get you, we had the Kachuk trade last year. Yeah, which is paying uh, off big time for Florida. Oh, yeah, it's great. And like, they should look at that and be like, oh, okay, like maybe we don't have to stand pat with all our guys for the fear of never getting them back. Well, that's where targeting someone like Aho comes in, I guess, right? Yeah. But ca- obviously, Carolina's doing very well. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I put, I put 30 bucks on them to win the cup before the playoffs. That's looking so. pretty good. It's looking okay. And then I also picked Edmonton. I didn't bet on Edmonton, but I picked them to win publicly on Twitter. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm... I mean, obviously, Edmonton is down 3-2, thank God. But I still think they're going to win the series. Like, I... Uh, that was a good game. That Vegas is good. I know, but They Vegas don't have is really as good. much, like, big firepower, but... Damn, adapt. Mark Stone is a joy to watch play He's like so good, defensively. Man. I I just need so like here's the thing like if knock on wood Edmonton loses to Vegas I'm just mm-hmm. like okay I I'm totally calm now right yeah same because because I don't care who wins even like Seattle or Vegas winning it's like yeah it would be funny when an expansion team are is already better than the Canucks I mean they already are obviously yeah, they but, already like, are, but, but like historically and like that would kind of suck but I don't really care at this point and like we've discussed many times before. We want the Canucks to be the last team standing when it comes to yeah. winning a Stanley Cup. We want to be the saddest team in the league. We want to be the best at something. And if that's the best at being the worst, so be it. I think that's our, our best chance at being the best at something. So Yeah, and it's uh, this is like in every sport. I just like seeing when a new team gets it. For sure, yeah. Like, like it's Florida cool winning would be lo- cool. Luongo. Florida is like, I think it has to be the official pick for Canucks fans because yeah. you'll get to see Luongo hoist the cup, which would, which be, would be fucking incredible. so dope. Yeah, that would be amazing. So and and Gustav Forsling as well. Yeah, and Gustav Forsling and future Canuck Radko Gudas and future Canuck Radko well, Gudas. So here's the problem: if if Florida does win the cup, Radko Gudas becomes like a million dollars uh, more expensive. Yeah, and he becomes a folk hero there, and like yeah. maybe they want to re-sign him. Dude, more. the picture of him yelling at the Toronto so goalie was sick. so sick. That was that's so good, funny. That's gonna be like a. Um, goes down in history Florida Panthers pick like for Lyndon sure. and Kirk McLean hugging I mean Gudis looks terrifying he's one of the scariest looking guys I've ever seen yeah he, he's so so cool and he's so big and like I really I don't know again we've discussed before we don't I don't know if he's actually any good but like he's the type of player where it's like I just give me like a, a big tough stupid defenseman back there you know and mm-hmm. he seems he seems fun so is his age right and like yeah he he's a third pairing defenseman in yeah. florida so is he, is he right or left side i forget doesn't uh, for me see. with like looking at canucks it doesn't really matter if for him to be on the canucks it doesn't oh, really he matter does shoot right okay so yeah that'd be great but i mean the canucks he's, yeah, he's, 30, he's 33 this year so <laughs> Which is um, old now, apparently. I'm like a year yeah. older than this guy. <laughs> That's so funny to, for me to be a year older than this yeah, guy. Yeah, like this big bearded, like old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're just but a boy. Uh, uh, 
there's this Cam Sharon tweet from the other day. I retweeted on the show account, but this is a pretty cool stat. Um, since the Canucks have fired Mike Gillis for failing to make the playoffs, the Canucks have had just three home playoff games in non-COVID seasons. Only <sighs> Arizona and Buffalo have fewer. That is... I mean, I knew that stat, I think, in the back of my mind. Because I, 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 that's so depressing. I, I yeah, do keep thinking right? to myself, like, man, they haven't made the playoffs since, like, 2014. Because I keep just, like, forgetting about the bubble year. Because, like, A, I wasn't watching hockey then. Yeah. And B, I just, like, don't count the bubble year. Right? Yeah. Um, But, like, uh, it's just so bleak, man. Like, that's the thing. They haven't played a game. So, they haven't played a playoff game in front of people in nine years now yeah it's 2015 2015 yeah and they haven't won a series in 12 years because they haven't won a well fuck no i mean a real series you know what i mean like they've won series that's the thing that that keeps getting to me yeah they won the series in the bubble but i really feel like they haven't won a series since 2011 is is it's it's the most asterisk thing possible and we always talk about it to like strengthen our point but they wouldn't have been in the playoffs if the season continued so that's oh, what yeah. makes it COVID so like fake them. to COVID, me, right? COVID helped them, yeah. And that's also why I can like, you know, justify and respect Tampa for when because they were like a historically good team the year before. And yeah, then, like, they would have probably won if there was if it was just like normal as well. And like yeah. St. Louis, like the players like had COVID or or the flu or whatever it was, they were all sick, mm-hmm. and they had won the year before, so they had the Stanley Cup hangover, like. I, 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 people are like, oh, you're trying to minimize what the Canucks did. Yeah, I fucking am. And you should too, because the fact that it didn't get minimized is why the Canucks are where they are right now is because yeah. Jim Benning and Aquilini <laughs> thought the Canucks were good when it was clearly a mirage to yeah, anyone they, who, who knows hockey. They came home after that and were like smelling their own socks saying like how good they were. And then oh. they didn't have any money to, uh, keep that team together. Like whatever. I don't want to relitigate that too much now, but that tweet. <laughs> was in reference to the Canucks' salary cap position, which is uh, real bad. They're currently a million and a half over. And oh, that's so funny, dude. <laughs> like, now there's like, there's reports about they really want to move Connor Garland, which of all of the, the, <laughs> the core four players that you want to get rid of uh, to save calories, calorie space, to save <laughs> salary cap space, that that's the one that you should keep the most, right? Because he is a driver of that third line. He is a wall guy. Yeah, like he's who you want out there. Like his his underlying numbers are good. I I don't know. He like scores a smarter as much team. five on five as J T. Miller. Yeah, Carolina or another smart team is going to get him for pennies on the dollar, and he's yeah. going to have a huge year with him. I mean, it's like this is the most obvious thing ever. Like, are the Canucks actually going to fucking pay to get rid of him? I mean, that just that's psychotic to me. It, that's fucking it, optically crazy. that pisses me off so much because then yeah. you spent. A third, a uh, first, f- ninth pick, Dylan Gunther, no. for the shitty OEL contract, and then the the honor to pay to remove Connor Garland, who was supposed to be like the bigger win now piece coming back. Like this is the best player in the trade. This could swing the fit the trade in favor of Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, like we all bought that, right? Like that yeah. was the way that we coped when the trade happened. Yeah. So. Well, and also like well, Arizona's bad, and so maybe OEL will be better in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I I really think the only way to like fix this with as least pain as possible is to buy out OEL. I agree. I, I don't think they're going to do it. It sounds yeah, like they're not like, going like, to do cause it because ownership is like too tight pocketed or whatever. But yeah, like 
How do you think you're just getting rid of uh, Garland and Besser when you spent the entire last season disappointed at their performance trying to get rid of them? Like, the rest of the league isn't blind. God. Well, Philadelphia might be. That's that's our that's our hope right now. Yeah. Philadelphia hired Keith Jones, uh, like TV analyst, uh, <laughs> as their president. And, and apparently, think, like he won't be making any hockey decisions. That's all, Danny Briere. I mean, uh, look, how many times have we seen this shit before? Like, ownership's not going to interfere. He's not going to make any hockey decisions. He's just kind of like a like a player media liaison. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's the case at all. I think. I think Philadelphia is completely fucked. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why I still have a little bit of hope for that JT Miller trade because he seems like the type of player that they would target. Um, and maybe there's something around the seventh pick. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, this, yeah. Who knows? Who <sighs> knows? And like the other thing, Toronto, they're going to look at this playoffs and say, we have to get stupider. And so, like, I, I really hope they are. I mean, that would be so that, funny that's if, if they be, fired that, that Dubis and well, Dubis's and, contract is 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 not it's up, right? It's up. It is so up, he yeah. can. <coughs> he can excuse walk, me. He can yeah. also decide to just walk, go to Pittsburgh so, or something. Yeah, exactly. That's like, the thing. I feel he's the type of GM where he's if he goes to uh, another team, mm-hmm. he is like he's going to be. Absolutely, he's going to be incredible. He's going to be. He's going to be such fun. A yeah, like yeah. that would be a really good pick for Pittsburgh, and that also seems like the type of hire that the Fenway Group would make in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So oh, yeah. they're smart, and they and they kind of stay out of. They don't interfere, right? Yeah, they're like, here is a smart guy. We will let him build the team. Yeah. Um <laughs> But the fact that you're probably going to get someone real stupid in Toronto. Yeah. And it's so funny. That's how the NHL works. It's like, well, they had a smart guy. So now they got to go back and put in a stupid guy. Um, <laughs> and like, there's no- I really, I hope it swings back. I mean, I, I don't think it will because they know how bad the stupid guy era was, but you never mm-hmm. fucking know with the NHL. Yeah. The NHL is uh, out of the big four uh, sports in North America. It's definitely f- number four. <laughs> It's definitely number four or number five, and it's definitely, in terms of like management, the stupidest league. I, I mean, maybe there's arguments to be made for like football, maybe, but like, I don't think so. I think, I think it's the NFL. The NFL is fucking, or no, sorry, the NHL. The NHL is fucking stupid. Oh yeah, there are, there are so many stupid GMs. Totally. I mean, Jim Benning. I think is, Jim Benning might be the stupidest GM in the history of professional sports, not just hockey. Not an argument to be made for that. When you look at just like, not even just like the moves he made, but just like his like intelligence level, which, yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, like oh. that Toronto team, incredibly easy to disassemble. Incre- like, it's the opposite of the Vancouver Canucks. Well, they have so many so, attractive pieces, right? They have attractive like, pieces and they're not really long-term. Like they have that, that Morgan Riley contract was a seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. Although he looked which great in the playoffs. Yeah, he so. was fine. He was good. And then, like, you know, TJ Brody's making $10 million next year. And the core four. It's so annoying hearing that, like, on and on and on. <laughs> well, we're not going to have weeks. to hear for too much longer. Yeah. So, so like, Nylander, one year left at $7 million. Marner has two at, like, 10.9. Tavares has two at 11. And Matthews has one at, like, 11.6. Yeah. 
and then they're all UFAs. And those are all like attractive pieces as well. Man, so if you have Matthew, a new GM do you think going Matthews there, is going to Arizona? Like, I know that's like the the rumor, but like, what? I don't know. Why would he want to sign there? Is I guess my I guess question. like they didn't get Bedard. That would have maybe maybe made a difference. Yeah, but I mean, if they get like a new arena or something, like Matthews coming I, home to Arizona I would, would say be pretty it would cool. be like so. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see it. It would, but he'd be going there when they're still playing at um, Mullet Arena, and who the hell knows what's going to happen with the new like arena deal. So like, yeah, it, I guess I guess in terms of like not knowing where this team's going to end, like signing yeah. with a place and being like, oh, by the way, you might be in like a different city. Yeah, you might be in, in Kansas like a City or, or Quebec or Houston. Who knows? Yeah, um, <laughs> it'd be really funny. He signs in Arizona and then they move him to Quebec, and he's like just back in the Canadian market again. But it's a small that would be one. that would be fucking incredible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> It'd be cool if they send Nylander home, who the Canucks should have drafted, by the way, when he was best pick. I mean, maybe Toronto goes Bertanen. after JT Miller, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe there's something there. Now we're talking. They need <laughs> his grit and determination and leadership. Well, I will say he did perform in the playoffs, it, the bubble playoffs, I believe, right? Didn't he have like... I, I think he was all know. right, wasn't he? I think he, I feel like he was decent then, right? I know Pedersen, uh, I looked this up recently. He was like over a point per game, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it would be like like I said, it'd be fucking yeah. cool if they made the playoffs. Yeah, uh, those are playoff stats. Yeah, in the bubble, he had eighteen points in seventeen games. Miller. Yeah, so I mean, he's see, he's performed. I he mean, this is and get it plus eleven. So the thing with the thing with hockey is that. I mean, in terms of like small sample sizes, I saw that this tweet going around where it was basically like, in order to. In order for an NHL playoff series to be the equivalent of an NBA playoff series in terms Mm -hmm. of like it being like even and like the better or the better team winning the majority of the time, the NHL series would have to be like 50 games or something. Holy shit. Or some shit. I, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I think maybe someone even posted in the discord, but like basically in terms of like. Like the better team winning and like the team that deserves to win winning the NBA, it happens like most of the time, right? You, you rarely get upsets in the NBA, although there have been some this year. Um, but in like the NHL and then I think baseball is even crazier. Baseball is the craziest one. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's basically like baseball is just like totally random. NHL is like pretty fucking random. And then NBA is like, you generally know who's going to win for the most part. Like yeah. The better team does win most of the time. I think they were saying for the NBA to be the equivalent of NHL, it would have to be like single game elimination. Huh. Um, that's, so that's, that's, a, that's the fucking problem. And we know it as Canucks fans. And yeah. Believe me, Toronto fans know it too. Like, yeah, because they, they like probably should have won that Florida series based on like performance. The right? only bad game was game three, right? Like yeah. They, yeah. So, I, and we've been on that side of the equation so many times as Canucks fans. So we, we know it. I mean, it, it, I will say it is, I don't, I don't hate Toronto like a lot of fans do. And I think it's because I find the team fairly likable and I have a lot of Toronto fan friends. Um, and I do empathize with them in, in compared to like a team like Edmonton or, or whoever, where like, oh, oh, they, decade like of yeah, yeah. Like Toronto has fucking suffered. You know, I, I get that. Yeah. So I, I don't, hate Toronto um like a lot of Canucks fans do I think and I and I was cheering for them to win against Florida but um I just it's still just like it is still surprising to me and it is very funny to me seeing like the the Toronto fans chanting we want Florida and that immediately very, biting very in the ass funny. that is that is extremely funny I mean even though I don't hate Toronto that is 
very funny. I think even Toronto fans would have to admit that that's pretty funny too. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate them, but it's fun seeing them lose. Like I wanted them to beat the Lightning, but definitely wanted them to lose to Florida. Even though, excuse me, found it unlikely. So, yeah. yeah. yeah good times. Uh, did you know JT Miller is over a point per game last season? I think yeah, because I I remember yeah, eighty two points in eighty one games. He ended up doing like under Tockett. He was playing like very well. So yeah. it it does make the obviously the contract is not great, but no. I will say like it's not like the OEL one where the cope was like oh well maybe he's going to be like a slightly average NHL defenseman for the next two seasons and it'll yeah. be kind of okay with JT Miller. It's like okay maybe he'll be point per game for the next two to three seasons, which yeah, is like then that's he fine. Can be a, a power play specialist, yeah. which conceivable. If any yeah. GMs are listening to this, uh, so this kind of, we were talking about this before the show, but like if you woke up tomorrow and you were the Canucks GM, what would you do to make the team? Like, what would you do what, to be like a Stanley cup contender? Man, I think I do think I would try. I mean, I would put my money where my mouth is and try to just get as many fucking picks as possible. You I know we just said tear Miller, down rebuild. I I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think I think you trade Miller, and and give it's Pedersen's team, right? It's Pedersen's team. Either make him or Hughes the captain. Um, I just think you need to get younger, and you need to get more picks. And I've been banging this drum for so long. So I think you, you know, you circle back with Pittsburgh. You talk to Philly. You talk to Toronto. You talk to Carolina about JT Miller. You see what you can get. I wouldn't trade Garland. I think you. You know, you trade, you trade Besser. Uh, you, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, there's so many ways they could go. Right. And uh, I think like, I think I would try and trade up for Mitchkov. That is something that I would certainly try to do if he's there at like six or seven. I think, I think mm-hmm. you try and trade up for him. Um, I think you come out to the fans and say, Hey, look, the next couple of years are going to be painful, but we're actually building towards something. I think you throw the previous regime under the bus as much as possible, <laughs> uh, which, I, you know, is that classy? No, I don't give a fuck. You say, hey, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, Canucks fans, but you had basically the stupidest worst GM in NHL history for like eight years, and he completely fucked our salary cap structure. He completely fucked this entire roster, this entire team, our psyche, th- mm-hmm. the city. And and our owner is a total asshole. To, maybe I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I yeah, keep my job. Be in but the position um, for too long. You know, wink, wink. People kind of know who I'm who I'm blaming here. But I I think like I would love to see. Obviously, it's excuses, excuses, whatever. But I would love to see Alvin or Rutherford be like, "Do you guys know what the fuck we're dealing with here? Do you guys understand how bad of a situation we walked into here because of the fucking moron Rube who ran this team into yeah. the ground for almost a decade? Do you guys not understand how bad of a GM he was and how bad of a job he did? Like, I still see fans today. Like, do I think Alvin and Rutherford have shot themselves in the foot a little bit and, and made some bad moves? Sure, of course they have. But the majority of the blame, like 80% of the blame, I would say, goes to Jim Benning. Yeah, see... Still. I really don't know. There's like a Sakaris and Price poll this week that was like, who do you blame for the Canucks' current cap situation? Mm-hmm. And the choices were like Patrick Alvine or Jim Benning, yeah. which Jim Benning was winning the poll at like 64% or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm scrolling to trying to find it now. But I don't know if that's fair. Like if you asked me a year ago, yeah, I'd say Jim Benning, 100%, obviously. But 
the current regime has just kept doubling down and making it worse. So like, at what point does, do we have to let go of the ghost of Jim Benning where what's like the biggest fucking blunder on the, the roster. That's his fault right now. It's OEL, right? It's There's OEL like by far. Cap space. I, but who I saw, else? I saw Rand, I saw like Canucks fans uh, finally start saying, Hey, this is worse than the Cam Neely trade, you know? Hell Which, yeah. Like, I completely agree with, uh, I mean, OEL Garland, I guess is kind of a problem. I guess you're right that Besser was re-signed by... Wait, no, was Besser re-signed by... Besser was re-signed by, by Alvin. Yeah. Now, there's that like high QO, which is Jim Benning's fault. Yes. But like you didn't have to sign him for it, Miller right? was Alvin. Um, I guess like... I, I'll give Jim Benning credit. The Quinn Hughes contract is extremely good. Yep, yeah, that, that rocks. But the Pedersen contract is extremely bad. Yeah. So like, um, I guess like butterfly effect that like that contract um crunch or whatever is his fault it's but. so fucked i mean i don't want to even i don't want to even think about this but it, the oel trade if that just didn't happen if they let those contracts just run out they have Pedersen and hughes signed long term like no problem right mm-hmm. it's fucking they, crazy to me oh I, my god man the the thing was like they were worried about offer sheets or something but they they had the they would have that, that's could, also the year that they went out and signed Tucker Pullman and Travis Hamanick and Luke oh. Shen. Um, I see people, other, by the so way, like, I see people on Twitter saying, hey, we should re-sign Luke Shen. Like, no. No. What are, you, <laughs> what are we doing here? I know I said what, I wanted to sign Radko Why do we want earlier, last but... teams back as much as possible? Like, we haven't even talked about that shitty commercial, right? Oh, like, with the, the, the habits yeah. and structure. Like, that could be an and, entire episode, to be honest. Oh, my that, God. That, to it's, me, that commercial is just like, this is... If if I had to show someone what it was like being a Canucks fan, <laughs> show them that commercial and be like, "This is what this is what we have. This is what our management, what ownership, what the fucking social media and marketing team thinks fans want." Oh, structure! You just want like, what are you fucking talking about? What, are we are, are we gonna come out next season with the stop sign on the back of our jerseys? Is this fucking Timbits? What are we What are we doing here? Like, they're grown men. They're NHL players. You should just have structure and all that shit and good habits. Like, what the fuck it should are you be talking applied. about? You're a fucking NHL team. So if anyone is oh. like uh, an out of market fan that just likes listening to us being upset and doesn't like have their pulse on what's happening in Canucks land. They released a one-minute commercial for season ticket uh, sales, like trying to sell season tickets. And it starts with like 20 seconds of them at practice and like cut in with like Rick Tockett talking and like hype up music. And then it shows them like making some goals and some saves or whatever. There's one point where it cuts to Tockett and it says... Yeah, it's not about wins and losses right now. It's like, it should be about fucking wins and losses if you're trying to get me to buy tickets for next I think season, is, you yeah, fucking Yeah, if you're trying goofs. to make the fucking playoffs next year, you know what you need more of? You need more wins than losses. So, yeah, yes, it's very important. You guys have fucking painted yourselves into a corner, and it is about wins and losses now. Sorry, motherfuckers, it's not about the process anymore, and, because you're gonna, you have to make the playoffs next season, or you are fucked. It's so Sorry. funny. They have these shots of like, you know, Kuzmenko scoring and celebrating, and then it freeze frames on it. And in the background, it like changes from the ice to like a blue kind of fucking cool graphic. And it says habits, 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 habits behind it. And then it cuts yeah. to one of JT Miller scoring and it says structure, 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 structure. Wait, no, structure's the Quinn Hughes one. Let me watch this fucking commercial again. What's the JT Miller one? It is, is, it, is it habits or is habits? Uh, habits is Kuzmenko. It's yes. habits structure. structure is Quinn Hughes. And 
Come on, you fucker. And by the way, the Quinn Hughes freeze frame, I think they're playing New Jersey in the freeze frame, which is very <laughs> funny. Standards. Uh, standards? <laughs> standards? What standards? What are we talking about? Is this a fucking like, office HR video? What it the fuck is It feels like this? it, man. It's so fucking dumb. Oh, I... Ugh. God. And you know what? It's crazy to me. Like, obviously, team marketing, like, doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Team social media, whatever. But, like, the Canucks social media and marketing is just, like, not... It's never been good. NHL marketing in general has just never been good because you're either uh, you have a boring social media presence or you're like Vegas or LA, which like sucks yeah. ass, obviously. But like you look at like the NFL, did you see like the schedule announcement videos that some of the teams were doing? No. So the Chargers did a full on anime uh, with all these like little inside jokes and stuff, and it was oh, like, cool. incredibly well done. I think they did one last year too, and it's really funny, really well done. And then the Tennessee Titans did a really good bit where they went out uh, to downtown Nashville and they were asking random people like they'd put up a picture of like uh, the team that they were playing for that particular week. And they would Mm -hmm. get people to say like what they thought the team was. And everyone was just getting all the teams wrong. Um, and it was very funny. So like you'd, you'd cut to one where it'd be like this, this like bachelorette party and they'd be like, Oh, that's the Dallas Cowboys for sure. It's the Cowboys hundred percent. And then it would cut to like the Indianapolis Colts logo, but it would say Dallas Cowboys above it like week five or whatever. Oh, cool. It was like very well done. And it's so rare. I feel like to have like legitimately funny, like branded content or content from like a, a sports team. Right. And like, so that was very nice to see. And it's just like the Canucks and just the NHL in general are just really bad at that. And and then they'll just do shit like this, right? Or like, what was what was the one unfinished business? Unfinished right? business. Yep. There was one a couple of years ago that was just as bad. I mean, even going back like fifteen years now, or however long, like the the seventh man or whatever it was, oh, right? God. Like it's just it's just embarrassing. Like it's so. And even like going to games, they were they stole the New York Mets uh, trumpet, like pitcher walk up music yeah. for some stuff, and it's just like just get your own shit. The Ric Flair woo, I'm pretty sure they took yeah, them somewhere as well. That's another, I, doesn't Boston do that? Yeah, but I think it might even be like a different sport altogether. Uh, like I've, I've, it's, it's yeah, uh, wrestling. The Canucks really haven't done anything in terms of like marketing and stuff, original or organic since the original towel power, right? Yeah. And which they'll <laughs> piss like and moan about whenever you see ago. another team doing it. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know who I think is pretty good? That I, Carolina, I think they do it right. The Hurricanes. Yeah, they have fun. They, you know, they, they, have some, che- they have cheerleaders. They do all the celebrations on the ice after the game. They like, had a, they had some cool graphics against the Devils. So it's like um, before game five, they post a graphic and it's like a big storm, like a hurricane. And then yeah. they have like Satan drowning with his like hand coming up in horns oh, and horns. It man. says, have a blessed day. And That's then afterwards, good. they're like hell is frozen over with like a same like similar type of graphic. Um, yeah, I feel like the Canucks are just not. I mean, it sucks. It I, it helps obviously being a good team because you can like kind of talk shit and stuff, right? But mm-hmm. like, I just don't. I mean, even when like, I guess like the closest thing I could say to them like actually responding to like an organic moment was the Drew Doughty team like that thing, um, where he was like, I can't believe we lost to a team like that, and oh, then yeah. they started releasing shirts that said team like that, and then like ended up like completely fucking up and like missing the playoffs anyway. I think unless that was the COVID year, that might have been the COVID year. But either way. Um, uh, I'm, uh, you see them release a commercial like that and you think like how many approvals did this have to go through and no one brought up like, Hey, we're going to get like roasted to hell on Twitter because we're saying wins and losses don't matter. We've been one of the worst teams in the league the last decade. Like 
what what do you think is going to happen here? And maybe they wanted that. Maybe they just wanted the the bad buzz because it's better than no buzz at all, right? Because like, yeah, at least you're at least you're passionate about at it. At least someone's they got talking yelling. about them, right? But uh, it's just God, it's just embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to be a fan of this fucking team. There's there's the Golden Knights Twitter. They gained a little respect today from me. They don't yeah, were have they, a blue were they check. Shit talking? Uh, oh, they don't. No. Oh, that is kind of shocking. Yeah, okay. I know, right? So I was like, that's kind of cool. They're not giving Elon eight bucks or a thousand bucks if you want the gold one. Okay. And the other thing, I mean, it's corny as hell, but they quote tweeted Edmonton Oilers when they're doing their like cool walk into the arena in the suits thing, saying looking for a win. And they they posted uh, Dr. Phil holding an L saying he found this instead, which oh, is like okay. a little bit epic. It's win, corny, but like, but like it's yeah, fun I don't to mind see that. with the Edmonton Oilers. And like, of course, you know, there's like JPEG artifacts on it and shit. Yeah, um, that's that's fine, I guess. So, uh, I, I just yeah. Dub. I think part of it is maybe I I may have like just muted the official Canucks account too. Um, <laughs> but uh, the only thing that Canucks official account has been good at for the past like five or six years is uh, posting game on, and then thirty seconds later, uh, so and so opponent scored. Yeah, <laughs> in like all lowercase. That was that was a very good bit. But uh, I mean, uh, the, like the grand scheme of things, none of that shit matters at all. But it just I it really does encapsulate what it's like being a fan of the team the problems with the team, the problems with the team for basically their entire existence is just having, I, they say they have, they say standards. Like that was one of the things it doesn't, <laughs> by the way, it doesn't, it doesn't say high standards. No, it just, just says a, standards. Yeah, just standards. Because just the this concept team does not, of having standards. This team does not have high standards and they haven't had high standards since they fired Mike Gillis. And that's the fucking problem, right? Yeah. Their standards are, let's make the playoffs and see what happens. That's not, that's bad. Well, Fuck. I mean, look at Florida. Anything can happen if you're a, yeah. If you win the President's Trophy, if you're a, if you're a and, Trophy winner, yeah, and then, and then, and then acquire, acquire Matthew Kachuk, like one of the yeah. only power forwards in the league. Man, that tweet <laughs> going around where it was like, uh, interesting how any, anything can happen is okay to say about the draft lottery, but not about the playoffs. Like just the most, and then the replies agreeing with it. And it's like, uh, you, you guys are so brain dead. What the fuck is this? You're just, it, it is a Stockholm syndrome thing of like, you just you should have standards too. Yeah, but fans, like, we need to have higher standards. Do you like cheering for a shitty team? That's the thing that's really bummed me out, man, is mm -hmm. especially with that commercial is the thought of having to watch next season, like not next season, having to watch this last season again next season, which is going to probably be the which case, is and like when... most likely the case. And hell, it's maybe even the best case scenario. Like I, there's. Yeah. There are a contingent of people that want to just run it back, like with more structure, which tell me if you've heard that one before, right? Like, I guess I will say, I believe that they have a chance at having better structure next season because they, they did exhibit it a little bit under talk it compared yeah, to and they forced him to practice in the off season and getting fined for it. Like yeah. th there's there, they did look better on the ice after talk was hired. That's like, there was the discernible difference versus like the sure. bump when like, Remember that game against um, Toronto? It was like a Saturday night, and Demko made, I think, like 51 or 52 saves and yeah. stood in his head. And you're like, there's no way they should have won this game. This is cool. I'm glad they did, but they really shouldn't. Th those That wasn't really happening. They were yeah. like playing boring against Dallas and making them look bad. And yeah. uh, like, which is, which is, fine and like i think obviously you know we've said this many many times but it's like it's really just going to come down to can they actually have a good start next year yeah right like that's what they they need that they need to have a good if they start out shitty next year like i mean fans are going to lose their fucking mind yeah and then what's going to happen right we're going to fire talk it <laughs> 
I don't like that's the thing. It's like, what do you do? Does Rutherford step down at some like they they've set themselves? I, I know we joked just now about the standards and stuff, but they really have set themselves a I mean high standard for them of like, hey, we're making the playoffs next year. Yeah, because they kind of after the trade they made they and you know they're they're putting they're pushing their chips in right. Mm-hmm. They need to make the playoffs next year. If they don't make the playoffs next year, that's a failed season. And I don't I, want that to be the case. I mean, to the so to the question I asked you earlier, right? Uh, yeah. About like you wake up as GM. So, like, middle of the season last year, absolutely would say you go to Quinn Hughes and Pedersen and be like, "Look, our goal is to win the cup. There's going to be one or two more years of pain, but we really have to undo what was done before, and we're going to move forward." Yeah. Now, you've re-signed JT Miller. And you've traded a first round and a second round pick for Phil Peronic, who should like help the team. I I think you have to kind of stay the course and do that shitty rebuild on the fly. They're like, there's so much sunk cost into it now. I don't know how you pivot. So I yeah. think you you try and move heaven and earth to get out from under JT Miller. And, and short of that, you have to buy out OEL, hopefully hit her home run with your picks in this draft. And yeah. hope for the best. And like beyond that, you just have to stick it out and like stop digging, like stop making things, stop doing things that are going to have, you're going to have to pay for later that will like eventually make your team considerably worse. Cause that's the thing with this organization, right? Is it just keep kicking it down the road and punting on it. So at some time you have to kind of pay the piper. And is, is that next season where you just kind of stand pat and then you have some contracts expiring and, Hopefully, like I think that they, Bavillier, that they should do that. one year. I, of- I just think they're they've set themselves with the Hronic trade. They're basically saying like, hey, we're going to be good enough to make the playoffs next year. Yeah, this is the standard you should hold us to, which I think is stupid. And I I gladly would have taken another sort of like semi like retooling, rebuilding year. And I guess that's maybe what it's going to end up being by accident. Yeah, but that's so not like, what they're trying to do. And, and so like what would they have to do next year to retool to make the playoffs, right? Like you you have to get out from under Myers. Yeah. Get out you from under have OEL. to get out from OEL. You, and then it's just more short-term pain. I, I like that OEL trade legitimately destroyed this franchise. Like I think the OEL trade essentially closed the door on this team ever contending with Pedersen and, and Hughes. The, the, I, like the, I think the big, like the big hope to contend under Pedersen and Hughes is in like four years from now when they're 28 and fucking 27 and hopefully the cap's gone up and they're making like less of a percentage and hopefully you've done enough good things now in order to be able to, to actually contend. But in four years from now, you still have JT Miller making eight million dollars a year, and he's going to be thirty-four. Yeah, um, and then he's going to be making that for like another uh, fucking two seasons after that. So like that—that's still a problem, which is why I think you have to move heaven and earth if you can to get under from now, even if it makes this season shittier. Yeah, but it's also like low probability. You're probably going to be stuck with it. So then, yeah. Then as you're praying that like Pod Colson hits and you're praying that that Hoaglander hits the way that you want and hope the, 
like need and them to. I will to. say their their AHL team obviously they lost in the first round unfortunately, but they they looked okay and they, they got yeah, some good like young they lost the first down there. two games in OT. Like I was at game one, very People close game. Jet they played Blue well a lot too. As yeah, like no, looking he's, pretty he's good. looking a lot better. Like yeah. he was second unit power plays, but making big. He really like upped his value as like maybe he will be a replacement level NHL defender versus if you asked me when I first started watching them. Uh, I would say he wouldn't be tendered a, a qualifying offer. Yeah, their biggest their biggest hope right now, and I think the biggest reason to be hopeful about this team is the stuff that's going on in the AHL, where it seems like the players, the team has very good chemistry. The young players are having a good time. They're performing. They're playing well. I th- and it seems like players are actually developing properly down there for once. So, like mm-hmm. to me, if you are leaning towards being a positive Canucks fan, that's the main reason why is that it seems like they are actually maybe developing prospects for once. Yeah. Very important. You're not having like, Oh, what's happening with Cole Lind and Utica and Oh, only Olivia. He isn't really what's, what's going on over there with yeah. him. That's like, how you get those like Dallas type drafts, right? Where you, where you get yeah. a Heiskanen, uh, a Robertson and an Ottinger all in one year is, is like developing those players. Like, obviously those are all three like incredible yeah, players like, on, uh, on their own. Right. But you have to develop the prospects and the Canucks have been, like basically throughout their entire existence have been, they've been bad at drafting. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I think they have been worse at developing players. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, look at how many fucking homegrown defensemen that the Canucks have playing for them right now. Like (laughs) it's Quinn Hughes. And then, uh, yeah. That, Breezebois would be the other one that's on the yeah. cat friendly roster right now. And I guess Rose, but yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose. Oh, God. <laughs> God damn it. Well, by the way, we got to have, you, you said this to me, you texted me yesterday, I think. Yeah. And, and our friend John Collin does listen to the show, so he might be listening to this now. But Hi, John. Um, hello, John. And sorry about the Leafs, but we should have John on to talk uh, to talk about the Leafs, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And, and what they're going to do. So let's, let's set that up, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. So that this is probably kind of a bummer, but ma- <coughs> yeah, I mean that's why you listen to the show. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, well, maybe there'll be some uh, some good news the next time that we record, which will be on Patreon, patreon.com slash I hate this team. Discord access, support the show, weekly bonus apps. Um, yeah. Till next time, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Every day we come here, we're trying to become a team that we want to be. We can't waste practices. You can't waste games. Brock Messer, Rishon, kick in. Anthony Bovillier has one against his old team. Joshua going to the net. Hold on. Centers Joshua scores. Our group's been working hard in practice, dialing the structure, and if we play the right way, we can be a really good team in this league. It's not really about wins and losses at the end of the day right now. It's about you know, enjoying the process of getting better as a group and having good habits and being accountable. If you're going to play on the Vancouver Canucks, there is a certain standard that you need to behold here. Here we go.